Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Hiya. Bonjourno. Giorno Bon. Giovanna <laughs> is the protagonist of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, which we're discussing here on JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recapping discussion podcast. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts who's not as awake as Liam. Jesus Christ. I've never been more alive, Nick. <laughs> it's like I've been punched in the face by gold experience, <laughs> which is a reference to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Vento Oreo. Nice. Episode 2... Bruno Bujarati is coming, which Ooh. is continuing the <laughs> theme of sexual tension between Bruno and Giorno from last time. There was a lot of tongues, and now there's a lot of giving life to and receiving life from. The second episode of um, Part 5. Just Revenge, Part 5, Vento Oreo. Uh-huh. Uh, and the 115th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Nice. As a whole. Covering chapters... Oh, Okay. <laughs> we're, um, we're mopping up that untidiness from last week. Okay. First half of chapter 444 through 447, as well as the first page of 448 of the manga. The first page of 448. The first page. The first page. Which I suppose is Giorno being like, I'm gonna be a gangster. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's an odd place to start finish. Just... To be continued. Yeah. Hey, Liam. Hey, Nick. Did you know... I did. ...that today's episode... Yeah, I did. Is... I, I, I've already read the trades. It's all oh, over shit. the newspapers. Haven't you heard of... You're sunk, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of our patron, Jonas Gook? 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 Jonas Gook, I think is his name. I'm so sorry, Jonas. I don't know. I don't. He's got a little umlaut over the O, so I... I don't think that's what that... Isn't it? Is. I think the umlaut is one of the ones with a line... Surely not. Isn't that just an accent? Oh no, I was wrong. The umlaut is the two dots. I thought because so. I've seen a lot of heavy metal bands in my time, and they love their umlauts. Uh, that just shows I shouldn't step to the the. Don't diss our patrons, Liam. Uh, How the, the tables um, have turned. Umlaut. You're, you're really digging for something here. The umlaut king. <laughs> Listen, Jonas. You're now the umlaut king. Okay. We prize you. We praise you. Congratulations, Jonas. You have the two dots of power. Thank you for your continued support. I'm sorry this one wasn't better. <laughs> we'll try better next time. For someone else. For, for someone Jonas. else. <laughs> Ironically Congratulations, enough. Jonas. Well, guys, it's been a great episode of JoJo as well, but I think it's time we put this one in a shoot and mail it into the sun. Until next time. <laughs> we'll just... Send it to wherever Scotty went to. I don't know what that is. You know Scotty from Star Trek? I know of Scotty from Star Trek. Um, the actor mm -hmm. uh, asked to be sent into space when he died. So we did. Is he dead? Yes, he's very dead. Um, so we sent his body. I think we like, we either cremated it and sent it into space. Or we just sent like. Nah, like in the search space. for Spock. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. I haven't seen any of these movies. <laughs> Neither have I. If, if I have to die. Okay, if here I we have go. to die, yep. this is true Liam law. Uh -huh. I want to die in space. Why? Seems neat. It's just the cold, dark emptiness of nothingness. Well, I don't know if I necessarily want to die from exposure to space. <laughs> I just like to die in space. Do you want to. Space, space, space. Do you have any specific activity that you'd want to die from while in space? No. But just so long as it's in space, yeah. you're okay with it. Yeah. So if you die... I also wouldn't mind dying, being shrunk down, and uh, going on a fantastic voyage through someone's body. What about... Actually, no, that's a lie. I always hate those episodes. What about if you take a journey to the centre of the Earth? Are there magma and or mole people down there? Uh, well, that's what the journey needs to find out. Ah. Yeah. You mm. don't know. You take that risk. Discovery. Yeah. The centre of the Earth. The final frontier. <laughs> it was underneath us all along. NASA wasted the billions of dollars. The real centre of the earth was in our hearts all along. Oh, what is that centre? The gooey caramel? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. Sweet, delicious caramel. <laughs> we need to see doctors immediately. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh yeah, true. Yep, yep go on. Mm -hmm. Episode 115. So. Bruno Bucciarati is coming. Hey, what are your first impressions of this episode? Oh, turning the tape. Well, actually. I know. Shut your goddamn mouth, Nick. You, you can't you can't <laughs> seize control of the wheel away from me. Because before we talk about the episode, I'm gonna share with you these words of wisdom from author Hirohika Araki. 
This is why we should never change the format so we never miss this. This is why I'm the host and you're the co-host. <laughs> That's right, I've given myself a promotion. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is from volume 48 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and the first author's note of an exclusively part five volume. Ooh. I went to Italy to do some research and there was something that I found a bit strange. Gangsters. They're policemen. Oh. Policemen in airports or jails carry machine guns. This made me wonder if things were pretty dangerous. But then I saw policemen wearing capes and carrying swords. The old-fashioned kind that soldiers in the past used to carry. And then I thought, do they use both the swords and the machine guns to fight against evildoers? The more I use my imagination, the more intense the battle seems to me in my mind. Okay. And there's a charming black and white photo of Araki standing in some sort of uh, winery or or vineyard or or orange farm or orchard. Or just a place where you get wedding photos. It's like an archway of vines, Mm -hmm. but there's no second person there. Oh, yeah, and that absence is so keenly felt with the interplay of light and shadow Ah. and the black backdrop behind him. And his oversized suit. Nick, how intense does the battle between uh, Italian policemen and evildoers seem to you? Uh, I always thought it was more a matter of police versus gangsters, but apparently it's a matter of superheroes versus supervillains. I always thought it was more a matter of police versus the people they oppress. Uh, That's right. We're back on left cast. Oh, God. (laughs) Are we going to get... horrifically, horrifically beaten on social medias and or very specific subreddits. You know, it hasn't happened yet. But there's always a chance, There was that one guy at the time I posted our podcast on the Status Crusaders Reddit who was like, ugh, look at these SJWs, and then he got downvoted super hard. Wow. I'm I'm simultaneously (laughs) really disappointed, but also really happy that he got downvoted. And that was before I started saying crap like that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, what are your preliminary thoughts on this episode? Wait, I asked you first. How does this happen? Well, anyway, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, weird as fuck mm-hmm. and oddly sentimental and digging deep into the heart. But we learnt know. a lot about our boy Giorno and his dumb motivations. Yes. Well, dumb-ish. It's, you know, you, you could say they're really dumb. You could or just... stand to learn a thing or two from that boy Giorno, Liam. He's got a goal in life, alright? And he knows what he wants. He does. He has clarity of vision. He's identified a um, an end result and a, re- and a way to get there. He went to the meeting with Bruno, uh, which did not turn out that great, but now he has some action items mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. he can take moving forward. He's got an agenda. He's got minutes. Exactly. He's got all that project management. In he his... sacrifices his arm for more time on the clock in this one. And man, if that's not dedication to your job, I don't know what is. So, <laughs> shall we get into it? Sure. We open with the new opening. <gasps> don't know what that was. That was the theme. It is fighting gold. Uh, I love uh, punching malleable metals. I really kind of like everything about it except for that name and the associated <laughs> refrain. Why? I just, I don't know, it seems kind of corny to me. What? And this is Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, of course. But, uh, I don't know. I've gotten more into it the more I've seen it. But at first I was like, that's, I don't know, that's a bit weird. But It's very anime. So, like, okay, Nick, I suppose the way to do this is to first ask you what you remember. And then I'll walk through some of the okay. other stuff I remember. So I remember a leprechaun. Uh, his name was Joseph. What do you remember? Actually, no. No, Nick. What? This is the first... Jojo's Bizarre Adventure opening sequence to not feature Joseph Joestar. Is that a joke? No, according to the Jojo Wiki um, trivia points, it is the case. What? But what about part one? Um, the start of that featured all of the Jojos in reverse chronological order, striking a signature pose um, in a manga, manga page flipping uh, thing. But wasn't that the third... No, that OP? was the first OP. What about the second one? That, that featured Joseph Joestar as the protagonist. What? No. That's in like, you have all the openings yeah. from part one. There was only one. There was only one? Yeah. Sonichi no Sadame. Wow. Oh, man. Holy shit. Holy shit. And then part three has Joseph there. Part four has Joseph there. Yep. So this is the first one where Joseph isn't there. Yeah. And he really fucked over the bloodline, didn't he? <laughs> he was all over that. Oh, he's got to get that brand recognition out there. It's true. Sell those patented Joseph Joestar homes. <laughs> That's right. He worked in real estate, remember? Oh, so weird. All right. Here's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Here is the lowdown. We open on Jojo, but it's like mm-hmm. the letters of like Jojo, yeah. and then it's Jojo, and it's all 
theme. Some cool horns. Very cool horns. Which harkens uh, back to part two. This, of course, being uh, performed by Coda, who performed the part two Hell yeah. Thing. Uh, we've got a hand dripping blood Whoa. as we hear, you know I. That's all I remember. I don't know what that is. I, I think it's English for, you know I. Um, but that's all I remember. I don't think that was it. Oh God, have I got it completely wrong? Uh, that was Yume Wo with the first lyrics. Damn it. You were close. You were closer than I, I would have gotten trying, trying to remember a Japanese lyric. <laughs> uh, and after that point... Hey, this is what the first um, the first verse translates to in... um In the, English? Or the direct... Okay, so there's the, the English version of this song they've produced. Yeah. Apparently, I think they got the... the um, Japanese vocalist perform an English version. Ooh. I don't know if they're bilingual or if they've just done it phonetically, cool. but I haven't heard it. But anyway, the direct English translation of the first, first, um, I don't know, stanza, uh-huh. whatever, I don't know songs, <laughs> is it's as if you're being crushed by the heavy will of fate that holds your dreams in bondage. Okay, you had me, and then you just lost me right <laughs> at the very end there. Awesome. Um, yep, blood dripping. <laughs> There's blood dripping off his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't pan so much as cut away in a very extra moment of extraness to reveal, I think it was Jojo. Ah, jo- uh, yep, and we see Giorno. We see Giorno. Giorno, like, s- sort of grey silhouetted against, like, a very extra pink background, and then, like, he just zooms away. Yeah, um, and then everything after this point is a bit of a blur because it was so... Yes, <laughs> just a whole lot of amazing. Yeah. Um, um, do you remember any of the okay. any of the stands or characters we see, or okay. any particular moments of symbolism that caught your eye? Oh, I know where this is going. So, okay. So do first you? off, I don't. first off, I remember there were five or so people mm-hmm. who kept showing up. One was Jorna. Yep. Uh, another one was Bruno. Yep. Who had who I learned today is Zipper Man or Sticky Fingers, or as sticky we prefer. Fingers. Yep. Uh, there was a guy who's wearing like a black crop top, but it's like not, it's the other, it's like an inverted crop top, you know? This is the, um, the small petite one that you weren't sure if it was a boy or girl at Yeah. First. Um, and it looks kind of like, it looks like they've got rippled abs, but who wouldn't in JoJo's, <laughs> right? Uh. Yeah, that's redundant, Nick. Yep. There was someone before that who was wearing... Like a floppy hat uh, yep. or something. It was like all blue and orange. Do you remember anything about either of these characters' stands that we saw? Uh, the blue and orange one had like bugs coming off of it or something. Little like birdie things mm. that weren't birds or bugs, but somewhere in between. Little goblins. One of God's cruel jokes for what can be <laughs> an organic thing in this world. The other uh, one had something that looked like golden wind, but not at all. No, I'm going to correct you on this because you observed it in the... um... Is that the plane? Yeah. The plane. Yeah. Right. Okay. So there are plane stands now? There's... Seems that way. Okay. Could be. There's... Could could be something... Could could be abstract symbolism. Maybe this character flies a plane and that's their thing. Can he not? So it can just be a stand? (laughs) And there was... Tune in next time, heroes. (laughs) And so there was a woman. Now, I know, for JoJo's... This is the woman with the pink hair? Uh, well, there, I think there were two women. Ah, okay. There was one woman that showed up who looked like they were going to be a character. Mm-hmm. The, and then... the person with the sort of white long hair? Yeah. Um, oh, wait, no, there was another dude. There was another guy who was wearing like a coat mm. who had like... Holes all over it. Yeah. Uh, and he had a stand that also looked humanoid in nature. And I remember in the closing credits, he was also there basically contorting backwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was great. There's another woman who... I think... Mm-hmm. Pink hair. Pink hair, I think. But then I can't tell if it was the same woman in, like, a gown with a hood on it. Ah, uh, yes. Who was, like, curled up being like, what is life? I will tell you that was pink hair woman. Okay, great. So there's one woman. That's one. So now <laughs> there's been, like, four in the entirety of JoJo's. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Lisa Lisa. Runaway girl. <laughs> yep. Susie Q. Susie Q. Uh... What's her face from part four? So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna posit something to you now. Yep, we yep. have of course skipped over um Erina and um oh, true, sister. True, but I'm gonna yep. posit to you uh-huh. that our dead dog count might be higher than our named named slash important female character count. Mm. Now what's that test of like Oh the um the Bechdel test? Yeah, that one. Yeah, this now, is the this, um this, this is the Ballantine test. Okay, I don't um, know like being named after this, but go which on. Which is that your work isn't a progressive work <laughs> if um 
if it has fewer notable female characters than it does have pets Dead killed yeah. to um to evoke sympathy or hatred of a loathsome character. Now, do gremlins count in this count? I don't know what you mean by that. You know Gremlins, the movie? Yeah. Now, gremlins were technically a pet that you could own and keep. Ah, a mogwai. Exactly. Uh, now... I would say mogwais count, gremlins don't. Okay, then. So, post-turning into gremlin... Like how killing a kill human them. is a crime, but killing a werewolf isn't. Ooh, that's some blurred lines right there. <laughs> All right, so now I have a test named after me. Yep. If there are fewer women than there are dead dogs... Then you've got a problem. You might have a problem in your writing. <laughs> <laughs> Holy dooly. Oh, man. I think We're we got, think we got the strong... name of this episode right now. <laughs> the Valentine Test. Jesus Christ. You know, my mum might listen to this episode and she'll be like, Nick, I don't know if the direction you're taking is um, positive. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so there's this OP that happens. Yeah, I, I'll just have a quick look to see if there's anything else I want to flag in it, and then we'll move swiftly along. Can I say the song itself? Oh, yeah. Ooh, very, very anime. We've got a fair few weeks with this one, so we can probably return to talk about lyrics and stuff in a future week. Okay. But I will mention, um, as, I, as, I, as I talked about on the pod when this was first announced, mm-hmm. this is um, a collaboration by um, Nico Okaiwa, and uh, who was a lyricist uh-huh. and composer Toshiyuki Amuri. He's who, the Evangelion guy. Well, they're best known for their previous work collaborating on the Evangelion theme. Ah. Uh, and I, I believe that this is the first time they've collaborated since then. So what you're saying is it might be a bit of a big deal. I guess so. Sure. Hell yeah. I'm down for it. Um, any other symbolism I want to highlight? Oh, chains. Yeah. yeah, so like everyone's being like bound by like, chains of their past and like, and fates and blah blah blah. Jorno's dripping blood. I'll talk about the individual bits with the individual stand users as we get to them uh, okay. because it doesn't really make sense to dwell on them before we've even met the characters. I suspect they all have something a little bit like Jorno's little exposition moment where it's like. Bruno grew up on this side of Italy. He was a happy chappy until his mum died, at which point he became a gangster. You're not wrong. <laughs> Fuck yes. Um, and like there's a bit where like Giorno turns like all these chains into vines and then at the end mm. of it they're all walking away and the, the vines wilt and the turn into broken chains. Symbolism, you know. Face. We all understand. So let's let's get into <laughs> it. We're all on the same page here. Vines, chains, fate. Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, the addition of Giorno upsets the status quo and allows everyone to break away from their destiny. Who gives a shit? <laughs> it's all pretty normal stuff. I think we're going to end up talking about Yakuza, and by which I mean the Yakuza franchise a I thought, lot. I in thought this, this was going to be in this the joke. Part, yeah. As a result of the fact that this is a Japanese man trying to write Italian mobsters, so yeah. he's going to pull through his own t- cultural touchstones of organised crime. It's kind of... I'm not going to say the same, but it does have a lot of similarities. Absolutely, yeah. You know, know, mobsters have their own sort of rules. Yakuza have their own set of rules. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I unlocked the baseball sim management game in Yakuza 6, and now it's all I can think about. Exactly. And what do you think they do in the Italian Mafia? Play baseball. It's just basic science. Yeah. It's just logical. (laughs) If you're not playing baseball, you're not profiting. So, after the opening... Which I uh, will flag, we've only just gotten past the OP. Oh boy, okay. We have a flashback about the young life of sad boy Giorno Giovanna, or Haruno Shiovanna. Ah, pre gangsterness. The narrator basically skips over the fact that Dio is his dad because, like, it's unclear how Dio would have let this woman live without killing her. Yeah. Um, but, she, but she got away. She went back to Japan, uh, had, her ba- had her baby boy Haruno. Ah, uh, I don't know, Shiobana. But she was like, well, I'm still going to go out clubbing. I'm going to go out to Kamurocho, meet Kazuma Kiryu. <laughs> it's begun, everyone. <laughs> if you haven't played Yakuza, now's a good time to start so you know these names. Yeah. Uh, isn't your son, like, too? Nah, he's fine. Cut to the narrator being like, Jorno wasn't fine. <laughs> he'd wake up at early in the morning and his mum would be nowhere. Crying was useless, so he'd just lay there shivering. And there's a young boy who looks like... um. He looks like that kid from that Mob Psycho anime. Oh, Mob Psycho. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one by the One Punch Man guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mob Psycho 100. Sure. Yep. He looks like that. I don't really know what that's about, but he looks like that. Uh, well, he's basically no, I don't like care. a... Oh. <laughs> no, oh, it's, okay. it's about like the big, strong, psychic guy, but he just wants to be a dumb kid. No, it's more that he knows No, he's I think I strong. know. I've never watched it, <laughs> but I think I know. It's more like he wants to just like be chill. 
The problem is that he can't be chill because he's repressing his emotions, which ah. is a terrible way to cope with life. Especially if you're a powerful sidekick. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when Giorno was four, his mum got married to an Italian man. Ah. Therefore, Giorno also became an Italian citizen. Is that how that works? I'm not entirely sure of the legalities of it, but I think so. I can't dispute it. Let's just say you're part of the family now. So they're at the wedding photo shoot on a big Italian bridge. It looks like somewhere you'd fight the Taurus demon. Hey, we haven't got a Dark Souls reference out in quite some time. No, um, and they're doing the shoot and then the man comes over because Giorno is standing in the shadows being sad by himself and he's like, hey boy, come take some nice wedding photos with us. I'm your new dad. But no, this wasn't at all how it was when mum wasn't around. No, he wasn't a good dad and we see the man hitting Giorno with a belt for no reason. He's like, you're always looking at me to figure out my mood. Oh man, I hate it when people look at me trying to figure out what mood I'm in. That makes me want to hit them with belts. God, Giorno just cannot catch what up. What is this? The- and the narrator's like, Giorno got in the habit of trying to read other people's moods. What is this? I mean, look, it's like he, he doesn't want to be looked at, you know, because he doesn't want to know what mood he's in. Maybe he's running away from himself Ah, and Giorno's forcing him to contemplate his own mistakes. I'm chock full of toxic masculinity and refuse to acknowledge my emotions. Exactly. No one could see my little hand gesture of of course. And if I won't acknowledge my emotions how dare you try to read them? I mean yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, See it's not that dumb. You were just like these are dumb motivations. And then Giorno eats some bread and then he's still sad and he goes through the street and some bullies trip him into a puddle. And then a a mean policeman is like, leave him alone, kids. And they're like, fine. Go back to Japan, you little shit. Yeah, racist. I mean, this is hardcore. Yeah. Giorno cannot catch a fucking break. Man, that Giorno kid, he's such a creep. Always trying to read our emotions. (laughs) Man, he's just trying to help us. What a fucking moron. Let's trip him up into this puddle. Giorno started to believe that he was scum. And that he would grow up to be like the rest of of the useless trash that inhabited his town. But then... A certain incident happened. So, so jo- okay, so... Little boy Jono, Who's not yet Jono. He looks like a little beetle. He really does, <laughs> doesn't he? He's got a bowl cut haircut. He's got big eyes, big thoughtful eyes. Tiny little mouth, because mm-hmm. he's always trembling. Mm-hmm. He's like, oi, oi, just wish that uh, all the, uh, that me dad would stop hitting me with a belt trying to read his emotions. Uh-huh, yep, yep. All right, Mr. Lennon. I woke up one day and no one remembered any of the Beatles' music because of my stand yesterday. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> how long have you been sitting on that for? 0.1 seconds. God damn it. I always make these jokes and you always ask me how long I've been sitting on them for. And I would like to put it on the record that if I was sitting on jokes, they would be better. <laughs> <laughs> now you say this, I don't believe you. <laughs> Giorno, little little poor old Giorno, sad as fuck, is looking this over. This is definitely young Giorno's voice now, by the way. <laughs> oh no. He's looking over... Just in this little alleyway, and there's a man. A man. He's a mysterious t- man. He looks distinct. Okay, all these tall mobster men look distinctly un JoJo in appearance. They are darker clothing, drab. Uh, they are not fabulous. They are not distinctly muscled. Yep. They have darkened faces that you barely see and lank hair. Mm. Not fabulous. No, but maybe that's a critique of the fabulousness of crime. Whoa. All right. Which very much is going to get broken in like a few episodes time. Or I can see like that. in this episode. Or this indeed. episode, yep. So the guy, he's bleeding out in the gutter and some, some angry men run by and like, where's he gone? Where's he gone? Did he go this way? Quick, check all the houses. Hey, hey, you kid. Yes. Y- yes. <laughs> Man, you're really not going to let up on it. <laughs> They're all like, hey, kid, have you seen a guy that yay tall, dark hair, doesn't look very Jojo's? And Jojo, he doesn't say anything. He just like points and is like, he went to that way. But it's the opposite he's, direction. He's gone down to the octopus's garden. The octopus's garden? In the shade. The Beatles? He's got Maxwell's silver hammer. The Beatles song about a man who kills people with a hammer. Now that you've explained that, I get it. <laughs> I get it now. I saw him going that way with Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Ah, uh, now that one. Is he taking a yellow submarine I'm just taking. Um, I'm just taking the opportunity to do non-Italian accents while they present themselves. <laughs> In about two episodes, we're never gonna leave the He's Italian gone episode. that way with the blue meanies. You know those characters from that bad Beatles animated movie? Yeah, the Smurfs. Sure. <laughs> That's right. It's me, Ringo Starr. The, um, so it's go, sort of getting away from me a bit. I'm sort of going a bit, uh, I don't know, a bit... A bit, <laughs> a bit Irish. Yeah. Um, hey, so kid, have you well, seen this Sergeant kid? Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. 
Anyway, that Beatles animated Beatles movie is stupid bullshit. <laughs> So, what is this podcast anymore? Uh, who cares? Jojo's on the Beatles. <laughs> the thing happens. So everyone the guys forgets like, all the Beatles music. They're all, hey kid, where's the man gone? Have, have you seen the trailer for that movie? No. There's this. It's a Danny Boy movie or Danny Boyle or whatever his name is. Yeah. Where he's a man who knows how to play all the Beatles music. Right. And then one day he gets into a car accident and lights go out all over the world and he wakes up. And no one remembers any of the Beatles. So he uses, the, he parlays that into superstardom because he knows the music of all of the ostensibly greatest rock band in history as yeah. the movie posits. Right. That's weird. But in modern day, when that music isn't the fashion anymore at all, my favourite tweet mm. making fun of this concept is that like, hey, you guys want to hear a song? Rock concert audience. Sure. Plays uh, Obla D, Obla Da without years of goodwill to back it up. Crowd. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so all this to say, this is the, fu- like, one second period where Giorno points that way and they run that way. And the narrator is like, and they didn't see the gangster behind the grass that was taller than it was a moment a moment ago. Giorno subconsciously using uh, his, first, his first stand without realising it. Subconsciously. The grass is tall now. The gangster is hidden. Giorno saves the gangster's life. He doesn't know he's a gangster at the time. He just thought he was a lonely man bleeding out in the gutter. Lonely like Giorno. Giorno Mm. performed this one act of kindness, which prevented him from walking down a path of darkness and misery, unlike the world has ever seen, I'm sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet, ironically enough, we'll send him down a path of darkness to become a gangster. But that's neither here nor there. And if the Yakuza games have taught us anything, there's no joy to be found in being a gangster. It's true. You can't help random BDSM dominatrices <laughs> become better dominatrices. It's pointless. In front of the kids. In front of the poor kids. What is he doing with his life? It's two months later. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of shots of... Well, first, Jorno, first we realise that... um. Before all these shots you're about to explain, oh, yes, yes. Jorno's walking through the rain with his umbrella and that man. <gasps> the man? It's that man. The same man? He stops Jorno in front of him and is like, I'll never forget what you did for me. And then that's the end of that conversation. Walks away. Jorno's like, what a fucking weirdo. And then Jorno's dad stops hitting him. He like goes to raise the belt and is like, oh, why does that man care about Jorno so much? <gasps> that man? And all the mean kids are being nice and saving a seat for him at the cinemas. And that man is also in the cinemas. <gasps> that man! And the ice cream man gives Jorno an extra scoop. And is like, that man is always nice to me. That man! <laughs> Whoa! And then that man is across the road. Uh, the narrator's like, that man always watched over him. Jorno would read moods. But he learned trust from the silent interactions with a stranger. But... There's a dark twist to this man saving Jorno's life all the time. Bang! Goes a gunshot as Jorno walks down a street populated by normal folk. And who does he see walking out of the gunshot building? Why, it's that man. Whoa! And Jorno walks up to him to, I guess, say hi or something, (laughs) but the guy blanks him. Well, the thing is, every time... We get a shot where Jono's getting that ice cream and he wants to go thank him for but it. But cars are in the way. But cars are in the That's way. That's right, he's there. He's got his bone blades and he's like, you can't get past me, Jono Giovanna. Give I'm the ultimate cream. life form. <laughs> I crave ice cream and disappointing children. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, you'll never speak to him. Not while I'm around. Cars, me. He's not even attacking him or anything. He's just standing in the way, arms folding like, you can't move past me, can you? And he's like, Jono's like, can I move around? He's like, Try. Tries to move around. Steps in the way. That's right. Ultimate life form. Anyway, yeah, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah, so this guy shot a guy. Uh, and he's walking away down the alleyway. When a boy runs through the alleyway and is like, You killed my dad, so I'm going to kill you. Okay, just pointing out that this guy's probably Italian. Yes, and? Touche, but is the Italian accent now just random other accents? That's a snivelling boy accent. Okay, alright. And the the gangster is like... Speaking for the first time, no, not the first time, because he spoke to John before. Yeah. Speaking uh, for the second time. Whoa, in yeah. his life. That's right. Like that Will Smith movie where every time he speaks, leaves fall off a tree, and when all the leaves fall off a tree, he'll die. What? Some movie. What? Sorry? What? The gangster's like, your dad was scum. He sold drugs on my turf, which is against the rules, and he sold them to women and children, so I murdered him. So he sold drugs, not just 
<laughs> to the man. To the men. But to, to the, the women, women and children, children too. It's Yay! canon. We did it. We found a canonical but the women and children too joke. Yay. Oh, God. Um, we are the worst. Yeah. That man's dad was drug Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> oh, no. So canonically, we have Anakin Skywalker in JoJo's. No one can kill a Jedi. <laughs> Except, I wish that were true. Except, except the mobster. Um, that so man. The kid cries. He can't shoot the gangster, but he's like, "You're scum too." And the guy in his mind is like, "Yes, but Jorno can't be scum. I'm gonna leave now." Uh, but then you're the, missing the most obvious joke here. That that man is Luke Skywalker. We're not doing this anymore. Oh, fine. <laughs> that's also not a joke. That's just a sentence. But that's the joke, Liam. Ironically, it was crime. That straightened out Jorno's troubled heart. Ah. Not the corrupt politicians or or also corrupt police or just the generally rude people in his life. As this is happening, the alleyway pans up to the sky and there's a, a Harano growing up into Jorno montage mm. where he's just getting taller and then in the last shot, he's just Jorno. <laughs> and he looks so different angry. to everyone else in yeah. the previous shots. He didn't want to grow up to be a player in Series A. He wanted to be a gangster. Okay, so let's let's deal with this right hey now. Hey now, you're a gangster. Get your crime on. Get paid. Hey now, you're a gangster. Kill a pleb now. Come play. All that money is mine. All that glitters is gold experience. <laughs> All the shooting stars are mine because they're gunshots. Bang, bang. I, I hit the ground. <laughs> There's going to be two bangs. Me shooting you, then me shooting you again. <laughs> what is that from? Well, there's that thing. There's going to be two blows. Me hitting you, you hitting the ground. Yeah. And then I'm just being dumb. <laughs> Back in the present, Bruno licks uh, Giorno's face and is like, I'm going to get you to tell me who killed Leaky Eye Luca. I'm going to open all these zips up on you. Zip. But how did he do it? With his stand. I could zip your head off and roll it around like a ball while I... Beat up on your... Weird bod. You probably don't have a stand. You probably have no idea what's going on. That's right. I'm Bruno. And Jorno's like, I've never used gold experience to attack someone before. I only realised I had it probably like a couple of months ago. It gives life to things. But what happens if it hits someone? I gotta do it. Bruno's coming at him and it is a big punch and Bruno goes flying. And like he, he, he goes flying down the stairs. He slowly starts to get up and Jorno's like, no, but how? I hit him so good with my stand. He should have broken bones. This doesn't make any sense. Cut to Bruno's perspective. The lighting is all dim, but don't pay attention to that yet. Bruno is super strong and fast now. He, as he's getting up, he A, accidentally crushes the guardrail pole. And then also, when he tries to stand up, he leaps into the air. How? Such power. It's as if he filled me with the gasoline of life. Now, as an engine myself, I feel like this is an apt description of my well-being. Yes, I've got to have this... Getting punched by gold experience to fuel the machine that is my body. Look. Look at all of these pistons in my heart. Do, That's do, right. Do, do, do. They're going faster than ever before. I've got a six-cylinder heart, which is two more than most people. <laughs> Shit, can we make that a thing? That sounds it's, well, it's like that anime guy who has more bones than anyone else, which makes him stronger. Oh, and Barky. I don't know. I think it's Barky, where he just shows up and he's like, That's right, I have... 300,000 bones or some shit like that. So Bruno's gloating in his mind and he's like, you've made me so strong and fast now, you fool. What kind of fool stand gives his enemy strength? And then he goes to punch Giorno and just passes through him like a ghost. A a ghosty man. (gasps) He punched me so hard he turned me into a ghost. So he looks back and he's like, that's not physically pop. Oh, that's me. That's me over there. I haven't moved the bar, but the bar was crushed. But How? Just my mind has gone super fast and strong. The rest of me still dumb and slow. Jorno's punching me in slow motion. Oh no! Punch! And it's like vulgar display of power. That Pantera album that's really good. I'll take your word for it. And the album cover is a man who got punched something like 13 times and he got paid $3,000 each time because they were like, we need an album cover that's really violent. He's like, okay, can we punch this dude like... A few times. Holy moly. They were like, okay, ready, set, and take the photo. Punch him like 13 times. Use the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Look, I think we got it in one, but we just want a few options. (laughs) But it was like, literally, he's there being like, we'll pay you 3,000 for each punch. He's like, go for it, buddy. Let's just get another 4,000 on this. You're like, okay, we should stop now. I 
can't deny I would consider doing that <laughs> for that much money. Yeah, well, think like you think about it. It's like, I'd at least do the first one. Yeah, but they punched him really hard. There's going to be 14 blows, 13 are us hitting you, and four the 14th is you hitting the floor. It's like, wait, but when's the 14th one happen? Like, That's well, up when to you. When you go to bed that night. <laughs> Jono gets his tooth punched out in super slow motion, feeling that pain in super slow motion. Oh, gosh. He falls down and, like... Jono's all Muda, you know, like Dio. Yeah. We know. He gets like a tooth punched out of him. The zips on his face heal. And all the things are okay again. And he strikes like the don't fuck with me, I've got gold experience pose, which is basically gold experience twerking on him as Jono grabs one of his thighs and sticks the other hand like up under his armpit like he's doing that improv game. Now let's, let's just take a moment to consider what the fuck this pose is. So... Legs spread far apart. Mm-hmm. I think on tippy toes. I don't know why. Yeah, I like he's twerking toes. on him. Now I've never seen anyone twerking on tiptoes until now. <laughs> uh, they're not like leaning over anything, but man, they are getting into it. Like Gold Experience's head is like lurched back a bit. Mm. Like he's he's grinding on him. He's really having a great time, and he's like, "Oh, my master!" And then Jono's <laughs> oh, okay. there, being all like, "Yes, this is the animal of destruction." <laughs> Sure. <laughs> just, it is so insane. When Gold Experience makes it clap, it sounds like symbols. Nice. So, do you mean, do you mean like symbolism or like crash? Crash, crash. Symbols. Symbols. Ah, I get you now. Bruno coughs up some blood and he's all like, oh, he doesn't even know what stands are, but his like really sucks to get hit by. And Jorno's all, we both have close range stands. And Bruno's all, I thought you were just some brat. You were definitely the one who attacked Luca. Why'd you do it, Jorno? Why'd you do Luca in? Jorno's all, it was an accident, but you won't believe me. Would you believe me if I said I accidentally tripped him up and he died? Anyway, if you're going to try to kill someone, you've got to be prepared for the fact that they might kill you. And Bruno's all, this guy's going to kill me. He's being deadly serious about words. They go to fight. There's some really cool fight choreo here where it's really obviously like boxing inspired. Mm. They're just like circling around each other and like, and like. It is like fucking hype like the animation is amazing yeah i will say one of the things that most been looking forward to when part five was coming up was the fight cory because i would say compared to like you know part four was very fun slice of life yeah part five is much more like part three in tone in that it's like a a quest with a series of um of, of bad dudes ba- of battles of high impact battles gotcha uh so so the fight scenes are like those animated yes oh no or should i say Giorno. Hey, fun fact. <laughs> I just dropped my phone and deleted all my notes. Great, excellent. <laughs> and then I pressed cancel, undo, delete, which I don't know how that happened. Cool. Okay, well, we can go off without notes. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. Have we got a plot synopsis somewhere? Yeah, I can pull that up at least to keep us on track, but I'm not going to refer to that sentence by sentence because then we'll never get anywhere. So they've just been punching each other, doing their stand boxing. And then Jorno uh, kind of has that moment of, eh, and then other anime oh, yeah. f- hand stops him and he's all like, and now I know. No, that's much later. Oh, 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 okay. Jorno's going to go do a big punch. Mm-hmm. Then Bruno just like unsummons. Um, oh, oh, so he's brought his stand out proper for the first time. We hadn't seen Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about um, Zipper Fingers. Oh, okay. We're going to actually go with the real okay. name. Well, I don't like, I don't think Zipper Man is very... You don't like Zipper Man as a joke? Is there a reference in that? I don't know. Or is it just like, he's got zips, let's call I, him Zipper I Man. I suspect there's no reference, but at the same time, I like just how dumb Zipper Man is. Look, I've Googled Zipper Man, I'm not getting a Wikipedia page with like a Zipper Man album, mm. so... So immediately, it doesn't exist. Confirmed. <laughs> Sticky Fingers, aka Zipper Man, is a big stand that has the power to put zips in things. Now... When you say it out loud, it does sound a touch shit. It looks like a... A zip. Really like slender, agile, but also strong robot. Yes. A lot, lot of like blue metallic plating. Yep, I'm with horns you. Horns on its head, in like a Voldo Yeah, I was going to say, it looks just like Voldo. <laughs> the head is very Voldo, and the rest of it is like a less spiky, less overtly bondage Voldo. <laughs> I mean, it's still very vol. It's got a whole lot of big zip on the codpiece, zips on the wrist, and zip down the chest. Yeah. And zips on the shoes. And I think maybe his chin is also some kind of zip. 
Maybe. Potentially. Oh, and he's got not zipper tabs, but um, uh, like the zip itself. Yeah. The teeth. The um, teeth. Coming down from where you can't see his eyes under his helmet. As if he was crying zips. I feel like he's got a theme and he's really like leaning into yeah, it. And as is Bruno in his outfit. That's true. Uh, its power is to punch things and put zips in them. Mm-hmm. And then he can open those zips for various effects. So as we'll see, uh, Bruno can move through the zips. Yep. In physical space. He can also, like, for instance, some other stuff that he does over the course of the series that, that he uses the opening or closing of the zip to move himself along. Mm. Um, he hides things in things by zipping them up. It's a great time. Yeah, it's it's kind of versatile and fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, when you say it out loud, you're like, he can make zips. And you're like, oh, sure. But then when you see it, you're like, oh. Nah, zips. Zips. So, um, the Jojo Vele commentary for Sticky Fingers is, and I think you're going to like this one. I like zip, so I made a guy about it. <laughs> Not far oh, off. Fuck. The Rolling Stones album Sticky Fingers had a zipper on it. So I thought it would be cool to have a zipper stand and made this one. <laughs> I saw a zip and I wanted to make a zip guy. So, so I, I did. did. <laughs> Amazing. That is top tier arrogance. It involves... It's really wearing his influence on his sleeve. His sleeve which has a zip on it. <laughs> It has an album which has the stand power on it, so he made it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking genius. Awesome. Oh my god. Amazing. Sticky Fingers is a reference to the Rolling Stones album, as you probably um, just what detected, st- deduced. What, Sticky Fingers? Yeah. <gasps> the ninth British and 11th American album by the Rolling Stones, released in April 1971, includes songs such as Brown Sugar, Dead Flowers, Wild Horses, can't hear me knocking and moonlight mile we all know who the rolling stones are we don't really need to dwell on them let's just say they got the moves like jagger because they are jagger sure yeah uh there's also an uh australian reggae indie rock band circa 2008 called sticky fingers but that was after this was published oh interesting so bruno starts to leave um d spawns Sticky Zip fingers, man. yeah. Uh, just to stop, just as gold experience is coming in for a big punch, thereby giving him nothing to punch, which is a pretty cool move, I think. That, that's a good play. And then for the follow-up punch, he just sort of like lurches backwards, really elegantly. He's all like, "All right, you little shit." Then he zips himself through the wall and is like, "Bye." Zip. And Jono's like, "Oh no, he's leaving the tram." But you've missed the entire bit. Oh, the entire bit. The entire anime is fuck bit, where he's like, "Now I know that I'm stronger than you." Oh yeah, I know I'm stronger than you in a direct fight. So prepare to get fucked, buddy. Bye! See ya! So he's leaving and Jonah's like, oh no, with his stand he could attack me at any moment, through walls or whatever, but he might even go to his gang and get more gang members. I can't let him get away. So he punches one of the windows on the car. Oh, there was also a moment previously where some guy on the tram was like, what the hell are you guys doing? I'm going to call the police. And Jono was like, please don't. And then that's it. He's like, I promise you... We won't get any civilians involved. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need to know. Um, yeah, Jorno chases Bruno, and they're both monologuing about how like I have to get away and, and get help, and I have to I can't let him get away. Otherwise, my dream to be a gangstar is ruined. Gangstar <laughs> platinum, is that anything? Fucking gangstar. Fucking gangstar. I don't think that phrase is ever mentioned outside this episode. <laughs> Jesus. But that's where he comes in with the Joe Star, because he's a gangstar. Ah. Uh. Gangs of gangstar. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, I love Gangstero. Gangstar. Sure. Not even his... Sur- oh, Jotaro. Jotaro J- Joestar? No. No, not even remotely. Jotaro Kujo. Yeah, so it'd be Gangaro. <laughs> Kugang. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Gangaro Kugang with his best mates. Uh, Gangaref. Uh, uh, I think we're done here. Oh, okay, fine. So anyway... um. He catches up to him in an, alley- in an alleyway there where there are four distinct archetype bystanders. A man with a trash can. Yep, there's like, yeah, like an old man with some, some junk. Some kid. Some kid with a beanie. Some tall guy with an afro, question mark. Yep. And a fourth person. And a fourth person who doesn't look like any of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Bruno turns around and faces Jono and Jono was like, huh. And then Bruno just sort of falls backwards. And in the commotion, he vanishes. But where did he go? Jono runs through the alleyway and he's gone. And he's like, oh no, he'll get away. How can I ever find him? Then all those bystanders are like, well, time for us to all walk off in four different directions. 
And uh, Giorno immediately goes, but which one of them could he be inside of? I just see zips anywhere. It's the only possibility though. He has to be in one of them. He can't just be in the wall. So the beanie kid, who is apparently 13, but looks much older. Yeah, he looks like... 40? Yeah. I don't understand. Because Giorno is meant to be 15, 15. And he looks 30. But this guy looks much older than Giorno too. Yeah, that's true. But is deceptively younger. Mm. Younger, yes. Drugs, man. Hell of a drug. Mm. So this kid, this fucking whiny little kid. He's walking and there's this fly buzzing in front of his face. And we get a lot of close-ups of this fly just being like... Now, if there's ever been a more fitting moment that describes living in Australia... Mm, Yeah. This is it. Yeah, this guy's got a heap of um, corks hanging off his beanie. (laughs) And he's all like, fucking fly, get away from me. Oh, these fucking flies. Classic Russell Coit sketch from All Aussie Adventures. Fucking yeah. Uh, so he's. Oh, starts... no, hang on. That was from The Wedge, a yeah. bad sketch comedy show. Yeah. But it was one of the only good sketches from it. But then they kept doing it over and over again. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. It was not good. Australian comedy. There was a real nadir in sketch comedy shows, not just on Australian television, but television in general. Go on. And I think Little Britain hailed in this era, even though at the time they were perceived as good, mm. but where. The sketches were just recurring characters doing the same thing every time. And yes. that was the sketch show. Yes. But that's comedy, Liam. That's comedy. The guy swats the fly and then pain racks his body and Bruno Bucciarati is revealed to be inside his body and ejected from it. Via. Zips. A zip. Makes sense. And the guy is like on the ground and Giorno is like, I turned the tooth that I knocked out earlier into a fly and the things that I create still have the power to reflect damage. So that happened. Yes, we'll we'll go oh, with this. So let's talk a bit about speaking of powers that will go away. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Again, that's where we're at with punch things and make time go really fast in their mind and fill their mind with energy. Yeah. So I feel like that as a concept can't be very sustainable. Well, it's it's you know if does it crop up, but you don't see their perspective again. That's arguable. Yeah. Like you, people never mention it, mm. but it's arguable that could be happening to them. But I think largely it's just not really. It's also arguable that something that happens quite, quite, quite near the end of of uh, the story mm-hmm. is a sort of a, a different take on that same concept. Okay. Uh, but that that's open to interpretation, I suppose. I forget you'll have said this, but yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's quite an interesting concept that you punch someone and their mind gets much keener and faster. To the extent that your comparatively weak punches are experienced over a greater period of time. Your consciousness is the so short, fast. The short, sharp pain becomes a long, sharp pain and mm. it tortures you, turning your otherwise weak punches into quite mentally affecting ones. Mm. Bruno even comments in a bit that, like, if he hits me with a lot of those slow-mo punches, I'll go mad and shock and die. Which is kind of a terrifying thought that someone could punch you three times and you die. Yeah. I mean, you could punch someone once and they could die. Nice. People are very fragile beings. Not just emotionally either. But I digress. Uh, I, I would have thought it would have been an in- if if this had kept happening consistently yeah. in the way that it's portrayed in this episode. It would have been interesting to encounter a very strategic enemy who was like, well, now I have all this extra planning time. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that's why he went away from it. Because Iraq would be like, oh, I've just realized they can plan things. <laughs> you may have got one punch in. One punch. But that's all I need. Ah. I've had 20 years to plan my next move. <laughs> Longer than you think, Dad. <laughs> Bruno is about to get punched. Well, no, they're, they're, they're sizing each other up again because he's outside the, the drug guy. The drug zone. Yeah, he's, he's left the drug zone. Jorno's all like, I can't let you get away. And Jorno's like, sorry, Jorno says, I'm not going to let, let you get away. And Bruno says, I'm not going to run. I'm going to zip you up all over the joint. It all depends on who hits each other first. Ah, so they fight. Yep, they do. Jorno appears to get the first blow in and he's like, your mind's going to go really fast now. But, but from a zip comes mad fist. Comes victory. (laughs) (laughs) From the first zip comes the first hit. Bruno's movement is still unimpeded and he punches Jorno real good, zips him up real bad. What? But how? How? His mind should have gone real fast. Well, that's the irony is that it wasn't my arm that you hit. I switched out my arm with the arm of that guy. He sort of takes down his coat a bit to unveil a zip on the 
uh, elbow joint. And at this point, I really have to ask, what are you doing, Bruno? Do the Yakuza thing where you grab your coat on one side and lift your <laughs> arm up to the other, thereby taking off all the clothing on your upper body. No, see, this is the difference between the Yakuza and the Mafia. They don't understand the swooshing motion that you need to do when yeah. you're unveiling your grand master plan. <laughs> I fought a boss in Yakuza 6 last night mm-hmm. who was a Yakuza, and he doesn't even have the decency to get a big back tattoo. What? That's not very Yakuza of him. It's not very cash money. I, I think I talked about this last week, and I don't think I would have the gumption to go through with it, yeah. but I really want a big Yakuza back tattoo because I'm so understated. I think it'd be really funny if people saw it. Do you want it purely so you can walk around in loose clothing? No, I would just... just go about myself as I normally would. But then if I ever went to the beach or something, people would see it and be like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> and I would find that very funny. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I also really want to get a big tattoo just to do... Like, really dumb shit where it's like, hey, um, could I just ask you for a favour? Is there, like, a mole on my back? Swoosh. No, it's it's actually just a giant killer mole that you've tattooed on yourself. So, oh, great, excellent. Did the joke pay off? No, not at all. It's like, great. Killer mole? Yeah, like a killer mole. Like, you know how you get, like, dragons or, like, giant koi or whatever on the back of your, your back? You know? Just get a mole. Sure. Like a giant killer mole. You could be the mole of... Uh, what's a Japanese prefecture that starts with M? Mario. The Mole of Mario. Okay, cool. Cool. You're just there like, good I'm just there checking a text. (laughs) (laughs) So. The show is mine now. (laughs) The stuff that happens. Man, we really need those notes. (laughs) As soon as we don't get any notes, this whole show just falls apart. I don't know how in one motion I dropped my phone and it deleted the notes. And also you can't undo it now. Yeah. How does this work? (laughs) Wow. This is episode 115. The bad episodes. <laughs> you mean every episode. Oh, nice reference. So, um, Bruno zips off his arm and then he flings it on the ground. But he hesitates for a key moment. He's like, whoa, what, what's going on with his arm? Jono takes this moment of hesitation to grab his own arm, which has been nearly zipped off by Bruno, mm-hmm. yanks it so there's a long strand of zip just holding his arm on by a thread. Mm-hmm. Then he throws his own arm at Bucciarati. Thus extending the range of his stand. Augmenting it with a gold experience punch. Punching Bruno really hard in the face. Activating slow mind time. <gasps> Slowly walks towards him. And Bruno has a long tortured monologue being like, Oh no, he's going to punch me a lot in slow-mo and it's going to kill me. Oh no, he's clenching his fist. Here he comes, here he comes. And then he just walks past him. Wait, what? But that? No, he was meant to punch him. That's not right. No. Giorno's like, I'll never punch you now because you're a good person. What the fuck? You see, if you were a bad person, you would have zipped me all up before and and I'd be dead. But you hesitated because you saw the track marks on that drug boy's arm and you recognise that the gangsters selling drugs to kids are bad. Gangsters killing or murdering people regularly? Fine, no problem. But selling drugs, no thank you, sir. It's not just selling drugs to men, but women and children too. Absolutely. That's what makes you scum. I, do you want to know his motivation? I want to be a murderous criminal so I can stop the drug trade. It's so stupid and funny to me. Why? It seems alright, it's okay. Extortion for protection, fine. Yeah. Uh, roughing up people who look at you the wrong way, no big deal. Yeah. Bribing corrupt policemen and officials sure. to give you advantages, no problem. Perfectly reasonable. Selling marijuana to kids. Whoa, whoa. Now I've got to kill you. Well, it's not marijuana. It's definitely some kind of... Cocaine, heroin. Syringy thing. Never specified. It's always just drugs. They even say you could tell from his arms he'd been, quote, shooting up drugs. <laughs> Which is yeah. the most sort of like a PSA expression that I've ever heard. There was, um... Jonah looks into the camera and says, Hey kids, don't do drugs. <laughs> there was a really cringy series of ads at last year's Game Awards that were all about vaping. <laughs> they were like, you know what? You shouldn't vape, even though streamers don't vape. So don't, don't, just don't do it. Because it's the gateway drug to smoking. And smoking is bad, so don't do it. <laughs> and that was the whole PSA. And it was like, what the fuck have we entered into? This is the most, like, upfront version of marketing we could ever have. Where there's no incentive not to do it, just to, just don't fucking do it. Don't vape. Don't vape, you fucking kids, alright? 
Bruno's all, I'll still kill you. And Giorno's like, no, you won't, because you also hate the drugs, I can tell. Uh, and your boss is the one selling them, so you're going to join me, and I'm going to join you. Specifically, your organisation, I'm going to work my way up, I'm going to defeat your boss, and I'm going to rule this city, and I'm not going to let anyone sell any drugs to no one. That's me, Giorno Giovanna, the gangster. Get a weird, awkward, like, five seconds of him looking. To be continued. And then we get the ending music. Yeah. So the um the new closing theme for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Venta Oreo. Okay, on point music out of 10. Is Freakin' You by Jodeci. Yeah. Which is not a... I, I'm not familiar with this song. You've heard it before, apparently. I've heard it before, yeah. Uh, but I can tell you that it's by a... It's a 1995 song mm-hmm. by an American R&B group mm-hmm. uh, from their third album, The Show, The After Party, The Hotel. Nice. That's a series of events. Sure was. Prescribing what they're going to do. Jodeci is an American R&B quartet with members Devant Swing, Mr. Dalvin, KC, and Jojo. What? No, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Joel, Jojo, Haley. What? Oh my God. It looks like these might be two sets of brothers. Because they're Donald Devant Swing DeGrat, uh-huh. Dalvin Mr. Dalvin DeGrat, Cedric Casey Haley, and Joel Jojo Haley. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do those. It's it's like a slow jam, but It's like that love and music where mm-hmm. you're like, hey girl, you wanna come over for some dimly lit Netflix? The lyrics are all like, every time I close my eyes, I wake up feeling so horny. Man, you know what? I can empathize with that. One hundred percent. And it's like slow jam. We're panning across to the right. We see the silhouettes of all our protagonists. Well, they're not really silhouettes. Oh, sorry, they're like Portrait semi-transparent kind of... poses. Yeah. It's very, um, like like how we would pan upwards during Roundabout. Mm. Uh, and they are... And there's like a sort of glittery gold background. And they are... Extra. Wow. Just, wow. <laughs> it's, it's intense. Like, okay, so for example, the guy with the white hair in the coat mm-hmm. is contorting backwards... But it looks amazing. Like, it's incredible. It's... Oh! Yes. So we also saw all of their stands. Okay. So we had... We had God Experience and Sticky Fingers. Yep. We had Plain Boy, who... I don't know if we saw... Plain Boy. I don't know if we saw his stand in the ending credits, but I assume it was a plane. Or some kind of plain man or some such. Uh, There was a whole bunch of bugs on Floopy Hat Man. Yep. And Lady didn't have a stand. Mm -hmm. And white-haired guy had a stand that also looked like a human, I think. Yeah. Um, but lady, no stand. And also the other guy. The other guy. Green suit guy. Green suit guy. Yeah, with orange hair. Big holes in his suit. Oh, the one that looked like Dio. Giorno? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was like, it, the guy looks a bit like Dio. Or maybe just his hair from the front does. Just a little bit. All right. But he also had a humanoid stand that I have no recollection of. Or maybe he was Bugman. And no. I've gotten everything. No, no okay, never mind. So, Nick, what are our highlights and lowlights for episode two of part five? My highlight is going to be the oddly sentimental intro. Yeah? Because, like, you're listening to it and you're like, man, this poor fucking kid. Jonah Giovanna's had a pretty hard life. Yeah. So he became a criminal to fix that. Mm. Yeah. It's like, But he damn. also learnt justice from a criminal. Yeah. It's like... That's going nice... to be a recurring theme. Yeah, I can... Yeah. About, like, institutions failing people. And and having friends in all the wrong places Mm -hmm. and all that. Yeah. I can see that popping up again. But, you know, it's kind of like all of his motivations feel, like, nice and... Aw. You know? Yeah. They're all really... Aw. Aw. You know what I mean, though, Mm -hmm. right? Good. Okay. Because I don't know what I'm trying to say. Sure. (laughs) Yep. Your highlight? My highlight is that boxing fight curry. (laughs) It was cool to see. You're just like, oh, yes. That's a good animation. Yep. Hmm. Low lights. Okay. My low light is gonna be uh just it was it felt really abrupt that ending like walk yeah. past and then it's like and now you're gonna join me I'm gonna join you we're gonna do some stuff. No, I've got to agree that ending was a real non-entity. Yeah, it'd it be was... good if it was like I'm gonna be a gangster. Pause. To... What? Yeah, <laughs> but it was just kind of like yeah, just sure. Mm. Good on you, Johnny. Yeah. Sidebar: I reckon based on what we know about what happens when um when God Experience punches someone, at least so mm-hmm. far. I reckon that would kill a vampire. Okay. Because the way the ripple worked was that it would vampires would feed off the life energy of other beings. Yep. And the ripple was life energy and it would overload them, causing them to explode. Right. And so I, you think that by filling vampires with life energy... They die. They would die. That's. I mean, that's that's in the text is what the ripple does. Via this stand. Well, not, not by using the ripple, but mm. by punching them with life, life manipulation. 
Huh. I mean, maybe. Mm. I don't know if that's how that'll it's work. It's not important. But... It never comes up, but I just reckon. <laughs> it's like, we never see another vampire in JoJo's ever again. We don't. But I reckon <laughs> if we did... Not 100% true, but... So the irony that Giorno was born of a vampire but has the best vampire hunting powers. He was also born of a man who was really good at killing vampires, though. That is true. That Until is true. Until that very vampire killed him. Whoa. Oh, ironic, deep. Mm. R.I.P. Jonathan Joestar. It was his death day the other week. It's like oh, 7th of February or something. Oh, oh damn. Rip in peace. Mm-hmm. Wait, that was like three weeks ago. Yeah. So, Nick. <laughs> yes. Giorno Giovanna has joined causes with Bruno Bucciarati to join the crime organisation... Ascend to its top, kill or otherwise depose its leader, and become a gang star. All in the name of eliminating the drug trade. What will happen next time on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Vento Oreo, in the episode entitled Meet the Gangster Behind the Wall. Ooh. Okay. Meet the gang... Is it gang star? No. That phrase never comes up again. Oh, okay. So it's meet the gangster behind the wall. Yeah. Hmm. Behind the wall. Okay, maybe it's another play on Bruno's thing because he can move through walls. Ah, there's a a secret gangster that lives here and I'm the only one who can talk to him. Yeah. Because he lives behind this wall. What if, this might sound crazy, what if this mob that Bruno is a part of Mm -hmm. is actually filled with stand users? Seems like a safe bet given Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, so like, as he's moving through the ranks, he's like, huh, you're also a stand user. Mm -hmm. And like, he keeps meeting all these stand users and then it's unveiled, yeah, I only employ stand users. Ah. Yeah, because they're just really good at their job. They're really good at crime. They're really good at being OP as fuck against normal people. So everyone in the organization will be a stand user. The organization 13. Oh, buddy. (laughs) Uh, huh, but what? Meet the gangster behind the wall. The gangster behind the wall. So I suspect it'll be like one of the dudes they meet lives in a wall. Right? Like, it's just their meeting spot or something. Sure. Whatever. Um, Or maybe it's like they have a secret passageway that leads to their underground lair. Because every mafia... What if it's that very same secret passageway they went through from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 2 Battle Tendency? Oh my god, that would be amazing! Uh, It would be, but it's not that. Oh, okay. It'd be super cool if they... They had a secret base in the catacombs where the pillar men were stored for thousands of years. Araki would have forgotten that existed, yeah. though, surely. And I also don't know. I mean, that's probably not in the right city for where they are now. Mm. So, okay, this gangster lad, I reckon it'll be the guy with the floopy hat. Yep, okay. I, I reckon. With, with the, the bunch of little quote-unquote insects. Yes, the little buggy things. And his whole thing will be that he... Hmm... He doesn't accept that Giorno will be able to do it. And so he has to prove... He's like, you'll never defeat the boss. Yeah, so he has to prove to him that he can pull it off. In single combat? I mean, maybe? Maybe it'll be like Bruno is just standing at the back being like, you think you were pretty good against me, huh? Well, you'll have to beat his army of insects. <laughs> and then it'll be like, all right. They kind of look a bit like... um. I mean, they not entirely. They're small and yellow, I suppose. Yeah. Like um, uh, harvests. Okay, okay, sure. You remember Harvest? Yeah, I remember Harvest, but that's not how I thought I saw them. No, I, I sort of walked that back as I was saying <laughs> it. They, they looked a lot like bugs, so... I mean, Harvest did. Yeah, true, true. They look like scarabs, they're not real bugs. So he'll be all like, I don't think you can get into the family, because I'm here. Uh, so either he'll be all like, punch me hard enough and you're in, or he'll give him a mission. Ah. He'll be like, fight a rival gang member. Uh, and then that rival gang member might very well have a stand, question mark? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that'll be Floopy Head Guy. Oh, rival and then gang member, like, they have to win over to their side. Exactly. And he'll be like, you're a stand user too. Come to my gang that I joined up literally today. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Cool. Yeah. So he'll fight some guy who either doesn't accept him or he has to win over. That's what I reckon is going to happen. Behind the wall, the wall of values mm-hmm. that he holds very dear. Anything else happening? Uh... Koichi will be back. Oh, yeah. Thank fuck. And he'll be like, where's that Giorno guy gone? But now he'll have to stay even further away from him because now he has a friend, Bruno. Ah. So it'll be like, hey, that's that Koichi guy. Koichi will be like, you, give me back my suitcase. And my passport. I told you I sold it. Give it back anyway. Is this going to be like, you know how in um, 
Pokemon. Yeah. Indigo League. Uh-huh. Uh, Misty is only traveling with Ash because he ruined her bike. Yes. And, and eventually they, make, they become friends. Yes. Koichi is traveling with them or doing whatever with them, being like, give me back my passport. But eventually they become friends. I think it's either going to be that or Bruno will open up a zip in a wall and be like, okay, come on, we can leave this guy. Let's just detour through here and then zip it up. And then he's not in the show anymore. Before Koichi gets in there and Koichi will be like, ah, what do I do? And is that a wrap on Koichi then? Uh, no, I think he's going to keep coming back and keep trying to find uh, him. He's going to be like their, um, oh, what's a good reference for this? Jesse and James. I mean, yes, but that... I was going to take it from the other perspective of like, you know, in like Lupin, the, the Lupin the Third, there's that one, um, one police detective who is obsessed with catching Lupin. Sure, why not? But he can't do it. Because he's too good a thief. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I reckon that's... Recurring antagonist Koichi. Who, oh no! Who develops a grudging respect, but also would be great as a recurring antagonist in this sort of quote unquote the law role mm. on account of his power to lock people down. That's so dumb, but I love you it. You can probably tell by all the detail I'm going into that this doesn't happen. But no. <laughs> but I would love if like later on in the show Koichi came back and is like, Jono, look at who you are. Look at what you're doing. Koichi would become a cop. His dog's named Police. That's true. And his best friend's granddad was a police officer. Mm. So you know. It all comes together. It all together. falls into place. Yes. So I reckon maybe later, maybe later in the show, it'd be fun if Koichi was like the object. You know how you always get those. Koichi um, was the object. <laughs> at the end of a movie, you always get that guy. that's like, what have you become? You oh know? yeah. Koichi is the everyman. He's yeah. like, Jono, you've become so obsessed with stopping drugs. You've become a drug. <laughs> look, look how the men around you are inspired by your leadership and would do anything for... Like Long John Silver in season four of Black yeah. Sails. Look how cylindrical you are with your needle as feet. Anyway, uh, shall we wrap it up? <laughs> sure. So this has been JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast. You can find us at Patreon on JoJo's... Patreon.com slash JoJo's World. Uh, get, us, get at us on Twitter. Uh, yep. Nick's running a poll about what Koichi is. I think he could be either a friend, a friend, a friend, or... A friend. Email us at uh, jojospodcast at gmail.com with, um, without any justification who you think the best Jojo character is. Also, no clarification on what the best is. We're doing something for a Patreon episode this week, this yeah. month. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting pretty keen for it. I'm getting pretty keen. Anything else? Theme music is Jojoly by Milk Juice. <gasps> That's me. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, until next time. To, to be, be continued. continued. Arrivederci.